Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today we are going to talk to a firm that has truly achieved branding brilliance as far as I'm concerned, especially when it comes to having multiple locations and making sure they have brand standards across the board. Many of you want to have multiple locations. Many of you would love to do that, but a lot of times you're very afraid that you're going to lose control over the brand and the message that you have. And Great Waters is the company that we're talking to today. Uh, Austin Schmidt and Eliza Kovar, uh, one is a partner and, well, they're both partners, and Austin is the VP of Operations and Elijah is one of the lead advisors. They're both on the board of directors and they're both great friends of us here at Top Advisor Marketing. So guys, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Okay, so let's kind of break it down from the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your history because you didn't start off the size that you are right now. So let's talk about the starting of the firm. Let's talk about, and then kind of, if you guys don't mind, break into the uh, when did growth happen in multiple locations? Sure. Well, this is Elijah, and I'll, I'll kind of tell you just a quick synopsis of the, the origination. We were working at another company uh, before I ever even met Austin who now kind of runs the ship, but my, my partner Skip, Justin, and Mike and I, we were at another company. We decided we wanted to do our own thing. We left, we started an office on a, you know, on a shoestring. We had a little closet of an office and not the best part of the, the Twin Cities. Started doing some workshops and for some reason, a whole bunch of, of retirees and near retirees decided to give these young guys in their 20s uh, enough enough of their assets for us to to start building a business. It, we were really blessed early on to have success in our workshops. That was our main marketing vehicle. We had some branding we did right out the gates. Month number one, where we were on the, the local news to get in front of people, to start creating an image of credibility. And Austin came on board very early on, uh, within the first year, and as soon as he came on board, we started getting really serious about creating, really creating a brand. We brought in consultants who kind of tore down what we had already developed, the logos that we had spent monies on, the, the fonts we were using, the letterhead, the business cards, the colors, they stripped it all down and started from a fundamental conversation about who are you? And who do you want to be perceived as? And where will you be in five years or 10 years? And it started with a very holistic conversation. And what has evolved from that in the last few years has, has been a brand where we're consistently having people ask us, so uh, are you one office uh, and part of a national company? You know, we get uh, people who just have the impression that we're a much, much larger player in the industry than, than we actually are, which is, has definitely helped us you know, just credibility wise in our marketing and in a number of other areas. Yeah. And to add to that, our second office that we launched, we actually did it out of necessity. We started seeing a slowdown in the people coming out to some of our educational events that were around the area that we had our first office. And the second one was launched almost as a, hey, we need to make sure that people are still coming in the doors and we're not saturating this market. So we launched that second one about a year and a half after the first one. 
And as that came about, as we tried to figure out how to make two offices work, that's where we started thinking there are a lot of people that need help, but we need to make sure that we are maintaining the same brand image, the same planning philosophies, the same advisory services throughout all of our different branches. And it's not just one location has its own has its own way of doing things and the other one is a different way of doing things. So that's when we started really focusing on scale, consistent branding, consistent messaging, and how we were going to take this to offices three, four, five, and now uh, six and seven on the way. So how did you come up with the brand itself? I mean, where did the name come from? And then let's talk about the brand foundation, right? Like what are the core tenets of your public facing profile? Sure. Well, the, the name actually, so there's a lake up in Minnesota here called Lake Minnetonka and uh, the Indian name for it was Great Water. And so that's actually where Great Waters came from was that name. And we all are very active individuals, love being on the lake, love playing, mm-hmm. doing our little action sports on the boats and Yeah, so it was named after Great Waters, which was Lake Minnetonka up here in the Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. And from there, we went through a pretty heavy branding exercise. The I think it was summer of 2015, we went through a pretty heavy branding exercise where we interviewed four or five different firms that would come in, pitch why they are good at branding firms and making sure that our message is consistent. And we actually engaged with one who take, took us through uh, what are the, the profiles of the clients that we want to serve, what are the profiles of the individuals that we want to have on our team, what matters to us as, as a company, and how do we want to make sure that that brand goes out to the public. Right. And the first exercise that they had us go through is the one that stands out the most to me. They... I think they gave us five or 10 minutes where each of us, uh, so five of us sitting in a room, we have five partners, we're all sitting around a table and he said, okay, first of all, look five or 10 years down the road, there's an article written about you. Is it in the local newspaper? It's called the Star Tribune here in Minneapolis. Is it in Forbes or is it in the New York Times? And we all wrote down what our answer was to that first. And all of us selected the New York Times. And it, 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 it kind of, uh, the significance of that exercise was what kind of a story do you want to have told about you? You know, uh, is it a local story? Is it a national story? And we were all thinking national, right? And then is it, you were so successful that you made a Forbes magazine article? Or was it you made an impact in the industry where the New York Times is writing about you? And that was kind of cool to find out that we were all on the same page with the same heart and mission for what we were starting to build. And that was the image that we started started going after. Then we did another exercise where we just put pen to paper. What kind of things would you like to have said about you down the road? You know, it's five or ten years down the road and, and you've made a big impact. You know, everybody has their dream for their business, whether you hit it or not, you don't know. But what are we shooting at? And we all came up with our ideas and it all started from that exercise. Like, what are you about? And that was the beginning of getting down to the core of what matters to us and the core of what our mission is as a company. All right. Well, well, you just really teed me up for the next question, right? What, what the heck are you about? I mean, how, how do you even 
answer those questions. This is where a lot of people, guys, get tripped up, it, especially when you got five people contributing at the same time. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's a great question. And we struggled a lot with it because at the beginning, four of us were meeting with clients. We were conducting workshops. We were selling and marketing to the public. So you, you develop a mindset of framing things up in a way that's going to attract clients. And anybody listening to this podcast who's successful in the business, you're great at doing that, right? And we can relate. The problem is getting down to the core of what you really are and what you're really about is not about a marketing message. A mission statement is not a marketing message. A brand is not necessarily a marketing message. And so it's a different mindset. It was, it was, we had to step away from what do we want the public to think about us to who are we really at the core? And it was just kind of stripping down and what we've come to over time, and it took a lot of conversation, it boiled down to living greatly. We are not about helping people achieve better returns in their portfolio or, you know, have peace of mind in retirement. All those things are important, but we want to inspire and empower people to live great lives. And that is our mission. And the financial industry is a method that we use to accomplish that goal. If we can take care of all the planning, if, if clients can know that they're not missing a thing on the tax planning side, on the income planning side, holistic retirement planning, the investments, they, they know that they're secure, then they can go and focus their time and their energy on what really matters to them. And it typically isn't their financial planning. That's a, that's a thing that we do in order to have the things that really matter to us in life. You know, spending time with grandkids, creating memories, travel is really high on the list for a lot of people retiring today. It's a huge goal for them. How do we inspire and empower you to go out and do the things that matter the most to you? And when we do that with our clients, that's when we know that we're accomplishing our mission. You go, anybody, you want to add anything else to that? I mean, that, that was beautiful. Is, is anything else? Because if there isn't anything else, what I want to know now is how do you build that into your culture, man? I mean, how do you consistently have that mission, that vision, that brand executed by you guys have a huge flipping team yeah yeah we do have a big team we're at we're just about 50 people now across all of our different locations and we try to we try to practice what we preach so the few things that we do we have uh, core values throughout our our company uh, driving inspiration pursuing excellence cultivating growth and actively caring and we try to live out those day in and day out. So keeping those on the forefront of everybody's mind is really important. So, for example, in our team meetings that we have on a weekly basis, we will nominate or highlight other people throughout that week, not yourself, highlighting other people that have demonstrated a core value and done something that has uh, embodied one of those, call them out, and it gets recorded in a and a company-wide newsletter and spreadsheet that is that is kept up by one of our admin staff. And then also in our monthly meeting or our quarterly meetings as well, we will have somebody that is an advisor and somebody who is an operations or support staff get nominated as the values and action candidate of the quarter. And then they have special rewards that they get, but we will have their lead or their manager get up, say something about them, talk about how they're demonstrating our core values, and then they get some sort of treat, like a night out on the town or a 
first class ticket when we take our company trips and things like that. So uh, we try to empower the people as much as we can. Right. And uh, so that's that's kind of two components, our values in action, which is our culture driver. And the other part is the mission, inspiring and empowering people to, to live great lives. We don't just direct that at our at our clients. And I'll, I'll speak to Austin because I think he's the leader in the company that has taken this on very personally to make sure that we're empowering our team members to live great lives. Uh, just like our client's vision for retirement is not financial planning, it's doing all the things that financial planning allows them to go and do and be. Uh, it's the same thing. People don't live their life so that they can be an employee at Great Waters Financial. Being on the team here allows them to you know, make a difference in the world. It allows them to earn money, to do the things that matter to them. But um, we, we're very intentional about knowing about our team members personally and empowering them to live their lives, not just to excel at work. Yeah, we, we do that pretty practically. We have something that we call the personal development plan that every employee or team member fills out here in the company and even managers too. So that the as owners, we can know how our managers are motivated, but then the managers are encouraged to share that with their team. So, so they're not just the know-it-alls that have all the answers, but they're also trying to accomplish things in their lives. And most personal development plans have goals, they have milestones, both professionally and personally. If somebody wants to run a marathon by this fall, we're gonna hold them accountable and help them get that. Maybe we can pay for part of their gym membership or do something to help them get to that spot. Or if somebody just wants to travel, we help them budget for going on their own vacations and figuring out who they're going to go with and making sure that they do book it when the time comes and actually do write that check. So we're trying to both have this be relevant to a client and also to the team. Now, do you have people who are the managers who help make sure that this stuff happens? Are they all the, the people on the board? Do you have uh, like a, a CEO who is it overall in charge of this? How do you actually execute this consistently? I mean, yeah. besides, besides all of the awards and stuff, I, I mean, I, that's freaking awesome. I'm just wondering from a, from an organizational structure standpoint, is there a person who the buck stops with them? Yeah, not really. At this point with having 50, 50 people in the company, we're starting to get where we have leads on different teams and managers. So we have our, our branch leads. So our branch leads are really there to make sure that everybody in their office is developing personally and professionally. So the branch leads in the office are going to be working on those personal development plans with each person that is in that location. And then that branch lead will talk about it with our CEO. So all of the branch leads and then our myself, our director of advising, we all roll up to our CEO. And then he has those conversations with us, both our personal development plans personally, but then also what are the conversations that we're having with our team. So really, yes, the, the buck stops with the CEO, but now that it's so ingrained into the culture, both on a weekly basis and a monthly basis with individual meetings with people. It's it's really a tool that everybody has embraced to take their own lives forward. And we don't really have to push it anymore. We don't even have to hold people accountable to filling it out anymore. But once you put those goals on paper, once you start putting timelines in place, it's amazing what people can accomplish. And it's our job to encourage and really be the cheerleaders there. Right. Do you have a centralized hub for maintaining brand standards? 
yes. So messaging is one, one side of that. And then, of course, when we think of branding, I think a lot of people think about the visual image. But it's all, all part of it. But we, we do have a centralized hub. And we still have the consultants who helped us develop our brand involved on a regular basis. But uh, let's just say, for example, somebody has a paper that's going to go out that's going to be client-facing or even something that's just for a training where employees are going to see this document. Uh, we have a marketing department that will make sure that everything's we give it to them. They brand it. They professionally put that together so that anything that's put out by the company for our team to see, they see our brand all over it. And that doesn't mean stamping logos. It means the text that we're using, the type of paper it's printed on, <laughs> uh, the, the layout. It has to look consistent with our brand. If it doesn't look like our website, it, nobody sees it, including team members, not just uh, clients. But just developing that brand consistency across the company, it's something that as a small company, I, you know, I think a lot of it's, you know, my, the conversations I have with myself is this is ridiculous that we have to go through this. But if you don't set a standard, how are you ever going to become a scalable company or a national player? Because they're all doing it. You know, so we, we've definitely been uh, extremely intentional and invested the the extra time to to have that that professional image in place. I have to say, as you know, a, a person who works in the uh, marketing and branding. I mean, for, for those of you who who don't realize it, because you know the podcast is a lot about social media and marketing, but we really do branding here. Whoever you guys hired, uh, there are a lot of great people who can help financial services professionals with their brand. When you find one of those, and if we're them, that's great, but we know we don't fit with everybody. I mean, you guys interviewed a bunch of people and you you picked the one that was right. Please make sure that you do that. The outcome of a great brand and having somebody who's going to consistently be there for you with all of the great things that you just talked about there with all of the little kind of pieces that are in place to maintain those brand standards is so important, especially for the level of growth that you guys have both uh, and the whole team and the whole Great Waters organization ha have really uh, achieved. Now, I want to ask you one final question, and the final question has to do with marketing budgets. Now, I know you guys know that a lot of financial services professionals spend next to nothing on real marketing, but you guys have truly embraced the power of taking that brand to the marketplace, which is what marketing's for. Would you, do you guys by any chance have any sort of like a, a rough percentage, like how much of your annual revenue do you spend, not cat, not numbers wise, but percentage wise on marketing and then tell everybody a little bit about what are some of the marketing things that you guys do, if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah. Well, I can tell you a little bit about what it looks like and then maybe Elijah can go into uh, how that's affecting the branches and what you guys see from that. But we, yeah, we do spend a lot of money on marketing and it's for a couple of reasons. One of them is you got to throw fuel on the fire and we want to continue this growth rate. I think all of us as owners say that when we stop growing, we're all done. We all want to leave. So we want to continue growing and our growth means that we can help more people and, and bring more people onto the team and help them. So marketing is something we do a ton of. Our budget right now is a about 20% of our revenue going to marketing, which is absurd. We did we do the benchmarking studies like a lot of people in this industry. And typically for firms our size, it's between two and 4% of their revenue. And ours last year was at 22% of our, 
of our revenue. And uh, our revenue, to be frank, is higher than a lot of those firms that are in those benchmarking studies. So it's a lot of money. And we try to spread that around. Uh, we try to put it into media, both print and online and over the TV stations. And we put it into educational events and we put it into our branding and our website and everything has the same look and feel and we want to spend money not only developing for lead generation but uh, for also advertising and uh, brand awareness and things like that. So we have a, about a 20% and then it's broken up into subcategories from there. Right. And it, it, one thing to, to just make clear about that <laughs> You know, we all have ups and downs in our businesses, and it's funny that one of the first things that people start cutting in their budget whenever you're a little bit tight on cash, uh, one of the first things tends to be those marketing dollars. And my opinion is that that is the last thing you should cut. You start cutting that, and that's a slippery slope, because then you're going to have less revenue. So it's the it's the top priority for us. It is the biggest biggest part of our budget mm -hmm. outside of payroll. Yeah, payroll and marketing. Payroll and marketing. We have prioritized that and we've grown 10 times what our first year revenue was in the last six years from, from 2013 to 2000, 2018. It was about a 10, 10x growth, you know, in a relatively short period of time. But it's because marketing was a, was a huge priority for us. So um, definitely believe in the power of investing. You know, we have our clients invest their money for an expected return. Um, pouring back into the business and especially into marketing is is fundamental for that. Yeah, and also just to add to we we also do a lot of reporting and a lot of analytics on the marketing spend too. And so when we break our marketing budget up into lead generation versus advertising, there's going to be different things that you analyze between those different categories. But also just make sure you're when you decide to go on a marketing journey, make sure you know why, what the reasoning is. Is it lead generation and are you going to tie it to revenue coming in? Is it brand awareness? Is it credibility building? What are those things that you're looking for? Why are you doing it? And then how are you going to evaluate whether or not it's working or not? That's um, We could do a whole flipping podcast on that. I might actually ask you guys back to dive into that more deeply because those categories of marketing are distinct categories, you know, brand awareness, thought leadership, you know, just overall awareness, uh, you know, lead generation, you know, giving back to the community, you know, all of those sorts of things, they, they do, you should expect a different result from them. Now, 22%, I have to say, you know, I've been, I've been doing this for a long time, guys. Um, I don't know anybody who's spending 22%, which is why you did 10X, right? I mean, for those of you who are listening and wondering why people like Great Waters are just freaking killing it, they're growing exponentially, you know, they have an unbelievable client base, you know, the team retention is great, all of those things, it's because they're reinvesting not only in their outward persona, but how that brand affects them internally. Guys, man, I, I'm. Uh, would you mind uh, just kind of telling everybody a little bit how they can maybe just kind of look at at least your guys' web and social presence is awesome. Would you, would you mind sharing that information? Sure. Uh, just go to greatwatersfinancial.com. Um, we've got a lot on the website and then on, on our Facebook page. You can also check that out and you'll see the way that, you know, um, different ads and things come up over time. 
but that's all managed professionally and coordinated through our, our branding agency. That's awesome. Well, coordination is the other key that that very few people, you know, do just just because you use social media or you have a college person who is really great on Instagram, uh, that sure as heck doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do a really good job for you in in the digital communication world. So guys, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules. Uh, You guys really are a model firm. And I want to thank you for taking time to talking to me and talking to our audience about what truly has made Great Waters great and what you do to maintain your your brand standards across the board. You bet. Well, we always enjoy being on your podcast. All right. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you have not checked out our channel on iris.xyz, not only check out what Top Advisor Marketing is doing, but check out what Iris has got going on. Great, great information for advisors, by advisors, by other people in the industry, because they are... Uh, just a great organization. And there's somebody who has helped us out a whole bunch here at Top Advisor Marketing. If you also could take a second and just give us a quick review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate that. And if you know anybody who would be a great guest, all you have to do is email me, Matt, at topadvisorm.com, and I'll be more than happy to talk to them. So for everybody at Great Waters, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.